We are live. Chaz, how are you doing on this wonderful Wednesday morning? What is up, entrepreneurs? What is up, hustlers? What is up, everyone, except the people sitting in the cubicle right now? Welcome to the Non-Corporate Network. Dustin, do you want to tell them what show they're tuned into? So this is Entrepreneurs. This is news brought to you by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Essentially, we take a look at the top six headlines in uh, small business news and bring them to you live and in a way that you can digest them. Um, thing that makes it a little bit different is we have a little bit more hair and it's a little bit not as gray as uh, normal Fox News, CNBC, um, and all that. We just uh, love the small business community and want to bring top headlines and, and uh, just give our two cents. Even though Chaz's two cents are more a uh, half a cent, but uh, it's neither here nor there. Chaz, what is the non-corporate network? Well, you know, uh, the non-corporate network is really just uh, is something that we came up with because we know there's a lot of people out there that are looking for news sources that are trusted, that aren't being uh, swayed by you know, the politics or the politicians that are in their pocket. You know, this is a CNBC, ESPN merge, like Dustin said, content by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Uh, if you have a show or an idea for a show that you want to add to the non-corporate network, you can find us at ncnbroadcast.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to once again defeat you uh, in, uh, in in uh, our takes today. So uh, do you want to go ahead and kick it off? Uh, I'm giving you the first story today so that uh, you can kind of get warmed up. Oh, I appreciate that, Chaz. Yeah, let's let's yeah. dive right in. So um, time spent with OTT subscriptions and OTT is basically Hulu, Amazon TV, um, HBO Max. I mean, all those streaming services um, has surpassed an hour. So people are spending over an hour a day watching these types of uh, uh, TV. So essentially... It's it's been the first time it's passed over an hour, so I mean it's a growing trend. I mean this is to me I think it's consumers want it. They're able to watch you know TV or uh, shows whenever they want rather than having to tune in at 7 a.m. or 8 p.m. whenever their show airs on traditional TV. Um, I love it because I mean we do a lot of OTT advertising and so serve ads on this space. I mean it's super targeted. It's great for consumers. Um, I think it's awesome. Do you think uh, you know traditional TV stations should be worried? I think that whether it's OTT or TV, that the people watching it are actually looking at their phones. And the minute it goes to commercial, no matter if it's a traditional TV or OTT or any of it, that I'm going right back to my phone. And I also think that there's no CTAs on these types of advertisements. So I think TV's been in trouble for a while, the same way radio's been in trouble, but I don't think that OTT television advertising is going to necessarily revolutionize the game. Um, it may be a little bit more targeted, but at the end of the day, I can't go walk up to my TV and start touching buttons to go to their website. Um, and so it really is just a, a branding and awareness play. And with the embedded advertising that I see with the social media platforms, with Google search, with uh, you know those types of mediums, I think that those are really what's going to drive more ROI, drive more conversion. If somebody's looking to actually um, do something outside of just driving awareness to a brand, it's almost like a billboard to me. Yep, good words from uh, someone who isn't a practitioner, and that's where it's so much different. <laughs> is uh, you could retarget people after they watch a, a TV commercial with banner ads or streaming audio, but essentially you can fold this into your overall digital marketing strategy 
that can then drive the conversion where, I mean, you can't do that with traditional TV. More so, it's all in the creative and, and people forget the word creative. I mean, if we know that most people look down at their phone, go on social media as soon as commercials come on, figure out how to speak to that in your script. I mean, literally you could start out and say, hey, you that just look down at your phone, this commercial's way better. And I mean, people are gonna look up. I mean, if you're speaking to who they are, um, whatever it may be, you're gonna get their attention. And if you're looking at direct response, you know, OTT is a lot more direct response or you can turn it into direct response even more so than traditional TV. Um, I'm excited for it. I mean, like I said in, in previous episodes, I mean, the cost to uh, to serve these ads to people, I mean, are so much cheaper. Looking at like $40 compared to traditional TV at five, 600 bucks um, to serve to about a thousand people. And so um, outside of the advertising though, I think it's just, uh, it's gonna be good to see, you know, how, how this brings much more competition to the TV space. Well, it definitely makes it more accessible, but uh, you know, Agree to disagree. Hmm. Uh, all right, moving into our next story here. Uh, once my phone unlocks. Um, so, uh, Zoom, they're, uh, under the, they're under the microscope. Uh, they have uh, been required to sit down in Washington and uh, discuss what they're doing with their data and if they're sharing it with China and what pieces of data they're being shared. Uh, they, they came out of the woodwork. There's a story that uh, there was some kind of collusion going on with data sharing between Facebook and Zoom. And it just seems like a lot of smoke and mirrors in terms of what data they're collecting, what data they're legally allowed to collect. Um, and so... I'm curious what you think about uh, this whole kind of conspiracy theory of Zoom and the data that they're collecting, and uh, what do you think is the best way forward in terms of uh, you know regulating the space and uh, you know um, getting us on the right track in terms of data collection? Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a conversation that's been probably needed for a while. I mean we've seen GDPR come through, CCPA with California. I know. Uh, this morning, there's a there's a lot of laws being passed at, from an executive order around social media companies. Um, but I think, uh, yeah. you know, as you've mentioned quite a few times, I mean, data is the new gold is the new oil. Um, and so how how it's being collected, who it's being shared with. I mean, it's it's I don't know how to navigate that. That's definitely above my pay grade. Um, but I mean, if it's if it's being shared with other countries that might be able to use it or leverage it against the United States. I mean, obviously there's a, it's a national security. So a conversation around it on the other end, I mean, the people that are complaining about the data collection, I mean, we're, we're living in a time where there's free quote unquote free access to all these platforms. I mean, right. how many zoom zoom people or people using zoom are not on a paid subscription. And it's like, well, you got servers, you got people to make it happen. You got, there, there's a lot that goes into making that happen that, it's not going to sustain if they have no revenue. So in order to sustain right. it, they have to use the data that's collected um, to generate that revenue. And so right. a way around it would be, well, sign up for the, the paid subscription. We will uh, not share your data and all that. So, I mean, I think that's one way forward. I, I just look at it and I go, since when was clicking and I acknowledge the terms and services box, like going to give you half of the information that you want to know. I'm not going to go read a 500 page <laughs> document to understand what they're doing. And so they know this. I mean, Facebook's done this. All sorts of companies have done this. Hey, you want to get your account started? Let's dangle it right in front of you. All you got to do is click this little button right here and then you can sign up. And then, you know, next thing you know, we're recording every video that you do. We're transcribing all the audio that you do. We're selling the 
the transcription to other companies and they're monetizing what you said in a private meeting. So it's like, I, I think that we need to be more transparent about what are the terms and services? What am I actually agreeing to? And don't make me read a 500 word or a 500 page document to understand what I'm signing up for. Be upfront about it. Don't just give me the smoke and mirrors. Chaz, as much as it hurts me to say this, I have to agree with you. I think uh, I always go back to, well, it's in the terms and services, but to your point, they're 500 pages long. No one has the time to read that. So I think there should be good conversation around how to make those more digestible and in bullet point form. Um, but good points. Go ahead and lock me in for a win on that. Um, okay, so moving on. Um, we're uh, kind of seeing this bubble like we saw in the dot-com age uh, be inflated. Uh, Hertz Rent-A-Car, uh, their stock price is continuing to rise after they declared bankruptcy. And there are many other companies uh, that we're seeing the same trend with. How much longer can we go propping up the economy on forecasted revenues when, you know, all these companies are losing money, their earnings are down, I understand like how much how much more sustainable is this? How how much longer can we go? Yeah, I mean unfortunately only time will tell. I will say though that I mean, if a company files for bankruptcy, it doesn't mean they're gone. It just means they're restructuring, you know, their liabilities, how they're paying. They're, they're getting a plan in motion to reverse it. And so, um, and as I've mentioned before, there's a lot of, uh, you know, stock market is is based off of what people think is going to happen in the future, not what's happening right now. So, although there is a growing trend of bankruptcies being filed due to the economy and everything like that. Apparently, there's people in the market that think some of these restructuring plans and, and bankruptcy right. plans are going to do well and drive revenue and, and get out of the hole that they're in. And so, I mean, that's entirely what the stock market is propped up on. Um, I mean, I will say that, that you know, with the accessibility of, of being able to invest with the push of a button on a phone, there there might be some investing that's going on where people aren't looking at that, that bankruptcy um, plan, but more so just looking at headlines and um, investing that way, which is obviously not the smartest way to do it. Um, but I mean, what's yeah. your take on it? I got, I, mean, I got a direct quote from uh, Matt Levine of uh, Bloomberg, and he said, Hertz will raise a billion dollars from Robinhood, hand the money directly to its creditors, and then tell new shareholders, all your money vanished immediately. Sorry, better luck next time. I mean, I think that uh, it, it rings true. And, you know, I, as much as I love guys like Dave Portnoy, I think that, you know, trying to create content around, you know, Day Trader Davey, and I made $400,000 today because I put a million dollars into Boeing and it went up 5%. It, it kind of almost glorifies that actual process. And so more people are flocking away from Schwab and these other places and going, screw a middleman. I don't need any help from you. I can go and do it myself. And then this is what happens. We continue to prop the economy up and, and inflate the, the NASDAQ, the S&P, and it just, it, it just, the bubble will pop. We already saw this. History repeats itself. We saw this happen in the dot-com boom. We saw a company, the, the tech companies were so exciting that people just kept raising at crazy valuations. And the forecast was, oh, my gosh, technology is going to keep growing. And then Moore's Law kind of subsided a little bit, and now, you know, it pops. And so I, I think the same thing is happening right now. And, I, I mean, I look at it as, I, I mean, I don't know if now is the best time to be investing in the stock market, but over the next six months, I can't imagine that this is going to bode well for us. Yep. No, I, I agree with you on, on uh, quite a few points there. Um, 
let's get to our next story here. Um, big tech is social distancing from facial recognition, sort of. Um, so Amazon, IBM, Microsoft, they came out and announced that they were um, they were scrapping or pausing their facial recognition efforts and working with the police. I don't buy into the fact they're scrapping them, but, uh, you know, pausing them mainly probably because the activists are getting really mad about it more than they don't believe that it's something they should be doing. But what do you think about this whole facial recognition conversation and big tech um, using facial recognition data and working with the police? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I mean, something that you, you typically say that I, I like is, uh, you know, build the field before you start playing type of thing. And I think this holds true. Um, I think there's been not enough conversation around how all of this facial recognition is going to be used. I mean, essentially, businesses and government are building up a huge database of who we are, what we look like, where we go. I mean, granted, our, our phones are doing quite a bit of that. But, um, you know, I always talk about, well, you sign up for the terms and conditions. So kind of in there but when you're walking around to a subway or whatever it may be and someone's getting you know facial pictures of you you didn't sign up for anything yet they're collecting your data um i mean how it's used how it's collected why all that i think needs to be discussed and i think uh i mean brought to a vote essentially because i mean it's it could it could be it could be pretty scary on on what it's used for yeah, here's my thing. I don't understand. I, I mean, like, let's think about this. Like Edward Snowden, WikiLeaks, he came out and talked about the programs the government was running with surveillance on phones and tapping phones illegally. Okay. He came out and said it. We were all up in arms about it for a while. And then it kind of subsided. The dude is still in Russia. He can't come back to the U.S. Okay. So now we rebranded as, well, now Amazon or Apple, they're the ones that are doing this. It's not the government. Um, the government is is great, but these are the bad guys that are doing it. It's like, or I don't even know if it, we're painting it as bad guys. People glorify these companies. They love using companies. And I love my Apple devices. So it's like it, when, when it's being framed as the, the company doing it and not the government doing it, we seem to have a different take on um, on the risks of it and the responsibilities that a company has versus a, a government. I mean, Amazon is arguably one of the biggest governments in the world in terms of the money that they have. So, uh, yeah, that's the way I look at this. I mean, it's it's the only reason why the Snowden and all that stuff was huge is because it became known to the public. And I would argue that everything in the story, the public doesn't know that's actually being done. So it's going to take an Edward Snowden yeah. type of event to actually – um, you know, let the public know that this is going on. I bet you if you pulled people, one out of 10 people would actually know that this is happening. So nine out of 10 don't even know. But if you let them know it was happening, I mean, how big of an uproar would there be saying, hey, we're collecting your, your facial pictures and we're building a database against right. you? I mean, more people would probably be against it. So I think it's more of an awareness thing. Well, I mean, the other, the other side of this too is facial recognition isn't just, uh, and I know we're out of time, but facial recognition isn't just let me, like capture your your face on a video surveillance it's image recognition so when i go and when a computer goes on instagram it recognizes people's faces off the pictures that have been posted it's not just a video of you walking the subway so i think that poses an even bigger risk in terms of actual ai being able to recognize people's faces online i think it's just it's something that we're not really thinking about yep
Agreed. On to our next story. So Walmart and Shopify, they have partnered up. Um, basically, anyone that's on Shopify, they can port their store over to the Walmart marketplace, where then people who are browsing on the Walmart marketplace can buy um, product. I think it's a huge uh, uh, play against Amazon. Um, I mean, Shopify stock went up about 4% yesterday on this news. Um, so I think it's it's huge. It's all geared towards small to medium sized businesses. I don't know what the parameters are on who can and can't, whether it's revenue size, company size, whatever it may be. Um, but this is really trying to help the small business out um, quite a bit. I love it. I'm all for more competition. I mean, anything that can uh, bring more competition to the market is always good for the consumer. Um, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on this partnership and, and how it can impact e-commerce? I mean, it's about damn time, right? <laughs> Somebody's got to come after them and it's not going to be eBay. We know that. So, uh, you know, Walmart is the only company that can even come close to Amazon in terms of their distribution, their manufacturing, um, their network. And I mean, this really shows that they've transitioned their business model from something where they own the supply chain to they're letting other people into that supply chain. Um, and uh, I think that uh, it, it's interesting to see. The one thing I will say, and I, I say it all the time, history repeats itself. They're going to copy Amazon for every single thing that they've done. And they're notoriously a private labeled brand uh, themselves with their great value products as well as other uh, private labels. So I can't imagine that there's going to be any kind of get rich quick stuff going on with their uh, with what they're doing to help to help their uh, people that are coming in as merchants. I think it's just a matter of time before they start private labeling the the products that do well and and kicking those merchants that they let in back out as they get to critical mass. So, um, I mean, corporation's going to be a corporation. Yep. No, and they're definitely leaning into a trend. I mean, uh, something that just came out, U.S. e-commerce businesses that have launched have grown about 74% in this last quarter. So, I mean, we've said it a couple of times on previous episodes. I mean, just e-commerce, people are buying online more. Um, granted, it's nowhere near what in-store retail looks like, but it's a growing trend. Um, it, it's just good. I'm excited to see yeah. what it's going to do for uh, businesses. Um, I mean, I saw Mark Cuban talking this morning on on a show, and he's basically saying all of his investments that he's done on Shark Tank, those businesses that have figured out how to pivot and be more digital, how to uh, give products or services basically on an e-commerce platform have seen huge success. So yeah. um, I, I am just huge on the being able to purchase um, yeah. anything uh, online. I'm, I, I can't wait to see what it does to the service industry. I think, I mean, yeah. we've been working on it quite a bit internally. I mean, just how to uh, productize our services. But I mean, as soon as you can go and buy a whole service online, you're going to see huge efficiencies in customer yeah. service, sales reps, um, and all of that. Yeah, no, I think it, it'll be interesting. It's definitely a trend and we're definitely starting to roll back down the hill. I think uh, before now it's been pushing the boulder up to the top, but you know, we're starting to get some momentum there. Cool. On to our next story, AirMeet. It's a new company that has come out and made um, interactive virtual events. So, I mean, seen quite a bit of virtual coming out, virtual events, but at the end of the day, it's hundreds of people on one Zoom call and it's tough to, to create groups. It's tough to uh, have conversations. And so what they're doing is, I mean, just imagine a, a keynote speaker in there. You can have everyone that's in the room, but then it creates little mini rooms for each of the tables that you're sitting at. They're then categorizing these tables 
take digital marketing, for example. I mean, you could have a table for Facebook ads, a table for Instagram ads, a table for analytics, a table for website. Basically, it's grouping people that are uh, either have similar interests or what they're wanting to learn. I think it's a huge step in the right direction uh, whenever it comes to virtual events. Um, I mean, as we've mentioned, don't think it's going to grow continue to grow like crazy, but I think there's huge opportunity after everything that we've been going through with COVID. Um, but I mean, what are your thoughts on on uh, these virtual events? The reason that you would pay for an event is to go to the venue, to submerge yourself in it, to have FaceTime, to shake people's hands, and to talk to them face-to-face, -face, build rapport. And I don't care what to say, you're not gonna do that via Zoom nearly as effectively as the relationship building you do in person. I also know that when you're submerged in the event, you're forced to be interacted into it. You're forced to be there and talk to people. If I'm on a Zoom call, then it automatically creates an out that I don't have to be only doing that. I can be multitasking. I can have my email pulled up. And I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't see myself ever paying for a virtual event. Like, I don't. There's YouTube out there. There's billions of hours of video out there. The people that are on the keynotes, there's probably videos of the exact same presentations out there. There's podcasts all over the place. And I'm not going to go sit in some room with some domineering guy talking about Facebook ads over everybody and I can't get a word in um, or I'm trying to chat with five people uh, during the keynote. So as much as this is a really cool idea and a disruptive idea, and I hope that they do a good job with it, I'm not paying money for this. Yep. No, I hear you. And I mean, everything that you just mentioned doesn't have anything to do with the virtual event itself. It has to do with the logistics of it. Uh, I mean, I've gone to so many different keynotes and what, whatever it may be where someone's talking and you look over and people are on their phone on Facebook, guaranteed they're not working. Um, I mean, no matter where you go, there's going to be some type of out that you could hide behind. I mean, with anything else, it's you get out what you put in. So, I mean, if you are there to, you know what, I'm going to block everything else out. I'm actually going to communicate. I'm going to talk. I think uh, the whole networking, the sharing ideas, uh, sharing knowledge, I think that could all still be done and done well. Um, I mean, if I had the opportunity to either go somewhere for two grand or pay $10 for a virtual event, I mean, I've spent more money on, on way dumber stuff. And so I think I can, I can find ROI in that $10 investment. And so, um, I think there is a market for it. Obviously it's not for you, but it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what, uh, you know, what comes from it. Hey, you know, uh, you make some very good points there, Dustin. I'll give you that. I'll give appreciate you that. that. Wow. That was, that was the last story, huh? Yeah, that was the last story. Other than the story of Avantage.com, they're killing it. Uh, they help you to fill your excess capacity. If you have, uh, if you have excess capacity, like I said, if you have uh, seats left in your restaurant that aren't being filled, if you have a two-hour window that you could be giving legal advice, but you need business advice, you know, go check out Avantage. If you sign up to create an account, um, it's free. You get $150 of credit. You can go and do, you get five different things off of Vantage for $150 credit. So uh, what's stopping you? Start trading your excess capacity. If you're a small business owner, especially in Arizona, this is the platform for you, Avantage.com. Dustin? Yeah, I guess if you're at a virtual event and need an out, go on to Avantage and check them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, um, 
No, I, I enjoyed it today. I think uh, I think there's definitely some interesting stuff. The big thing that I I'm taking away in terms of this is uh, the the stock market. I'm worried about it. I think uh, we're continuing to inflate it, and so um, I'm hoping that we can kind of reverse that trajectory before we run into dot com boom again. Yep, I can't wait to see what the Walmart Shopify partnership does. I think uh, e-commerce is just gonna gonna help a lot of people that might be losing jobs. I mean, it's a very low barrier to entry to get you know, e-commerce going and stuff like that. So I think uh, yep. it'll help prop the economy up and excited to see the competition for Amazon. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, well, with that, again, you guys have been tuned in to Entrepreneurs on the non-corporate network. We appreciate you sticking around. Again, if you have stories or you have a headline that you want to hear us debate, please send it to us. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. It's entrepreneurs.ncn. Um, if you want to check us out online, NCN Broadcast. What is it, Dustin? NCN Broadcast. NCNbroadcast.com. Okay, yeah, I'm still learning. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and if you have a show that you want to bring to the non-corporate network, we want to help you to bring that to life. Uh, definitely uh, reach out to us through the website, and we would love to have a conversation with you. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for being with us, entrepreneurs, hustlers. Now that you've had a 30-minute break, get after it. Go get your work done, and we will see you again on Friday morning. Once again, my name is Chaz Vandemotter. Dustin Trout. And it has been a pleasure talking some business news with you guys. And uh, Dustin, go get some Neosporin for all those burns that I <laughs> gave you today. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will see you guys again soon. See you Friday. <laughs>